I'm Paul Thorpe. I'm Charlie Keegan. I'm Barry Worthington, and this is the Progress with Unity podcast. Well, I know I said we would only be back on Wednesday, but to be honest with you, I was twiddling my thumbs sat at home and there is a little bit to talk about, so I thought we'd we'd get back in the studio and let's bring a bit of news to the Lassix fans. How are we all doing on this wild and wet November evening? Yeah, wild and wet's not wrong, is it? It's a bit yeah. boring without football, isn't it? I didn't think I'd uh, miss it this much, but now I'm missing it. The internationals yeah. just never, they never cut it for me. Oh no, I didn't watch England on Friday. I don't know. I like the tournaments and, you know, the big games, but Malta. I mean, if you look at qualifying, you should be getting through, shouldn't you? Based on you know, the strength of the Premier League and that a lot of the other countries, we're avoiding all the big boys. You should be winning. So you're on a hiding to nothing. It's never entertaining, is it? It's you know, If you go in and win a game, you're expected to win. The banana skin games, like Latics with banana skin games, you, go in, you don't go in excited, you go in nervous. Well, talking of internationals, I think we'll start off this particular podcast with an international roundup special. We had eight of us, so let, let's let's talk about that. Well, so eight, one of them didn't go due to injury, one returned due to injury, and somebody else we're not quite sure about. We'll, we'll come to them as we go through them. Start off with the full internationals. Josh McGuinness and Jordan Jones, away with Northern Ireland, played Finland, lost 4-0. They're out of the Euros, that's it, they can't qualify, and they were both on the bench. Josh, being one of Paul's favourite players, did get on the pitch on around about 50-minute uh, mark. He went on for Dion Charles, replaced him, didn't make much of an impact. You keep saying he's one of my favourite players, and I'm not sure the listeners are picking up the sarcasm in your voice. <laughs> so, well, just to be absolutely clear, that, that sarcasm is there, if you can, please. Oh, I don't give the lad a chance. He's only a youngster. I like him. He's very articulate, intellectual footballer, Josh McGuinness. But he's had a good good career, hasn't he? I mean, I don't know how many caps yeah. he has now, but he, he must be in the, you know, going up like 70 or 80 caps. Must be. I mean, he always puts a shift in. From my point of view, when we bring Josh McGuinness on to rescue a game, I always don't think it's going to get rescued. <laughs> it's just, you know, opinion. Well, they came on and they were 2-0 down. And they're playing Finland. And I don't know if Finland can even still make it. I don't think they can. I think they're both out of the Euros. But Northern Ireland now have lost eight of the last 10 games. And the other two have been wins against San Marino. And they've only scored two and conceded 29 in nine games. So it's, it's no real success beating San Marino, let's be honest. They're not they're not the best of teams. But no, they, I know he came on for the last half an hour. Didn't really do much. Couldn't really do much. But I think, I don't know what's going on with Northern Ireland. I don't know if it's a manager problem, the way they play, or if it's just they just don't have the players that when they put them together, can do anything anyway against some of the teams. But in their Group H qualifiers, I mean, Denmark have won seven of the nine. They're, they're well top. And then you got Slovenia, Kazakhstan, Finland, Northern Ireland, San Marino. Is it a group that they really should have got out of? I don't know. I don't know enough about the nations, but it's, it's been... I tried to watch a couple of games and I just couldn't do it. I'll tell you what's wrong with Northern Ireland. They missed the big opportunity when they played in the Euros. Mm. Will Griggs on fire was number one across the world. And they didn't even give him a second on the pitch. <laughs> and that's what's done them. As well, it has, hasn't it? Since then, all it's been is failure after failure. Michael O'Neill lost his status, ended up going to Stoke City, ended up getting sacked. I think he's back there at Northern Ireland at the moment. And they can't find that rhythm again. 
And that was the that's where it, the turning point was. If Will Grigg would have gone on in that game, they needed a goal, and he didn't put him on. I think he put some rubbing rag on instead. Things would have been so much different. Well, there you go. I think we're going to have to let it know about Will Grigg's prowess in front of goal, don't we? We know what it's did, all about. Did they use that lump from Norwich? Was it Kyle Lafferty that, that they played instead of Will Grigg? Yeah. Because I always remember him taking yeah. that free kick and hitting the corner post. <laughs> Yeah. You know, the one that's under the telly now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we were rubbish, but that gave me a laugh that day. So, John and Jones as well, he didn't feature, but the, they play Denmark on Monday in Belfast, so John and Jones might get, get a run out in that game. They've, I don't think they've much to lose, have they? They've nothing to play for, so <laughs> uh, hopefully he'll get a game and it's not been uh, a wasted trip for him. The under-21s, Sam Tittle. Now, this is this is a bit of a, a quandary for us. He's... Uh, we can't really find out what's been going on, Charlie, can we? I mean, he's returned injured back to the club, we believe, but there's been no update on what the injury is or what extent. Uh, and he actually missed the game as well, didn't he? Well, he weren't on the bench. He didn't play at all. Yeah, it was a strange one because England football do actually put updates on the teams on the website. And there was an update that came up and there was... There was two players that said they got sent back to the parent clubs for further assessment. And I can't remember who the other player was, but obviously one of them was Sam Tickle. And there's no more information on that. Obviously, Wigan have said nothing, uh, but Paul Kendrick and Wigan today were reporting from basically what England national team had said. I don't think they, they knew anything else. And then it comes to the team sheet coming out and Sam Tickle's named as a keeper on the team sheet. But then when you actually go on the official YouTube live stream for the game, he's not listed as a substitute He's not on uh, sofa score or anything like that. Obviously, the the name on the team sheet was a bit of a shock. And then when you kind of think about it, I think it was just the media people hadn't taken it off in time because I know the pre-built and then scheduled to go up at a certain time. They just hadn't taken it off. But yeah, I don't know. It must be something in training. It's definitely nothing he's obviously picked up in Wigan and then travelled with. It must be something that he's had at St. George's Park or wherever they uh, train now. But it's unfortunate. His time will come, though, won't it? He'll get his chance, obviously. He's a, he's a cracking young keeper, probably just a little setback, and I'm hoping that he's going to be fit for Saturday. That's my, that's my hope, you know, so get him back in them, them goals, even though, you know, we've got an able deputy in Ben Amos, but Tickle's the man. He is our number one. And, and then Babaradiko with the Republic of Ireland. They played Norway, lost 3-2 who were missing Tello Asgard. He's the player who didn't travel. He was withdrawn from the Nor- Norway squad due to injury. He's missing for, for the Lassics. Baba played in that game, and I know Charlie watched it. I did. Yeah, the um, Ireland have been doing really well, I think, going into that. They'd won three of three. Uh, Norway have been doing really well, and obviously Asgard's been away with them, but with or without Asgard, Norway are a very good side. Anyway, there's a couple of players actually wouldn't mind <laughs> Latic scouting, to be honest, the... But for, with Ireland, they were playing a, a 5-3-2. It's a little different of a system to what Wigan play, but Baba was more right midfield, but not fully right, more of a central right right midfielder. But he was also progressing way forward, a lot more than he would be doing for the Latics and trying to get in and around the box. My only problem with Baba, and I know I mentioned it on Twitter, is that his decision-making when he actually gets to the box is just not quite there yet, and that's an area that I do want him to work on. But Sam Curtis was the the right back who was playing with him and he had a really good working relationship with him. Imaku and Armstrong up front, really, really good forwards. I think they're both playing in the championship. They were really good to watch. But no, Baba, he did well. It was just, I think they went 2-0 up or something and then Norway came back and won it. It was a really, really good game to watch. Did he uh, play the 90 or, or did he come off? 
No, he came off um eighty three minutes. Um, but Norway they brought somebody on. I think it, I'll just get his name now. They brought Lasse Selvag Nordas on, and he's one of the players that I really do like to watch. He's a big number nine. And when Norway brought him on, they just ended up dominating and there's nothing really that Ireland could do because they'd gone a little bit tired, but they were being patient before. And then obviously once Norway stepped it up, they just <laughs> crumbled a little bit at the back. And they also brought Imaku off as well. And Imaku was great at chasing down for Norway. He's a, he's a player that I think I'd like at Wigan one day. He's, he was good. Also for the under-21s, Liam Morrison, the Scotland captain, he was tweeted by the Lassics that he was due to play in the evening. They were playing Belgium away in Belgium. And then he suddenly disappeared from all sight, not in the team, not on the bench, and nobody seems to uh, have any information on where he's up to. Scotland are far more secretive than what England are. Obviously, I said before, England do give some kind of updates on the squad, but Scotland don't. <laughs> and they were playing a back three. Obviously, a system that Liam Morrison knows really well from playing it with Latics, and he's captain the side for the last four or five games, maybe more. So I, I thought he was definitely going to play. But Scotland ended up bringing in Abane Boat. Um, he played. He was on the bench against Malta last time. He came in this time, but Morrison not in the starting eleven, not even on the subs bench. And there's no mention of if he's injured or what the reason is. He's not there. But I know, obviously, before we recorded, you were saying that perhaps because they were away at Belgium, if he has got a knock, maybe he's gone back to Bayern Munich just to get some rehab there. So that could be interesting if we do find that out. I hope he uh, isn't injured because I think this season. <clears throat> Playing alongside Charlie Hughes has been a bit of a revelation. I think Hughes and Morrison together, Paul, have been just exceptional. I can't argue with that at all. And you can't find a better combination amongst our centre-halves, can you? I know there's been odd occasions where we've been playing three, but as a flat-back four with those two at the back in the middle, it's been pretty much bang on. Fingers crossed for Saturday again, but on both Tittle and Morrison. We, we had the, uh, the elite men's squad, or the men's elite squad, the former... Uh, under 20s <clears throat> with Charlie Hughes coming through the ranks at the last six local lad all the way up to England uh, and getting his debut and he actually started in this game played the full 90 minutes England played Italy in Doncaster at the Keepmort Stadium or it used to be called that I don't know what it's called these days and even though this, he tended 3-0 to Italy I don't think that was a fair reflection of the game, uh, reading the reports. could only listen to it. You can't stream it. And I was honest, honestly, I was a bit disappointed with England's coverage of it, in, in truth. They seem to obviously show a lot of the under-21s and the, the men's first team, but under-20s, there was barely anything on it, not even a lineup. So um, I managed to listen to it anyway and, and listen in. And some of the players in there, James Beadle, I think is the Oxford United goalkeeper. He's, we've played against him this year. Sam Edozi was apparently really, really good in that game, caused him a lot of problems. And Alfie Devine as well was uh, he was the number ten, and he was he was playing really well by the by the sounds of it. But it, I think, in the at half time, Italy made a change, and I'm, I'm sure it was the right back that they swapped over, and the person that they brought on was far more attacking, and it just seemed that England weren't clearing the balls when it came into the box well enough, and they got caught out of the back post, and and Italy nicked a couple of late ones, but. From what I heard, Charlie Hughes actually did quite well for, on his debut. Seemed to settle in really well. The commentators were saying he looked really comfortable and really calm on the ball, making some good passes and doing some good challenges as well when he needed to. And, and obviously then Marshall Godo came on with, with about 30 minutes left, which is good to see. Yeah, Marshall Godo came on, replacing Bristol City's Sam Bell. I mean, they've had some good academy players coming through at Bristol City, haven't they? 
in the uh, in the squad, it, it was uh, announced as a Wigan Athletic player, so it's a bit of kudos for the club, even though you know <laughs> he is a Fulham player. We got him on loan, but it just well, he's Wigan a Wigan Athletic. Athletic player at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, but they usually put Wigan Athletic on loan from Fulham, but they didn't. They just said Wigan Athletic, so that was quite. It was quite nice for us. A bit of kudos. Two of our players in in the England same England team on the same evening. We play Germany on Monday in Regensburg. Uh, with a five o'clock kickoff, so hopefully to that performance, Charlie will get another start, and I think he'll cement his, his place in that team because we, we know what quality he's got. The only problem with this for me now, I, I know he's being noticed anyway, but he's being noticed on an international stage, isn't he? You know, with a lot of eyes on him, uh, and it'll be even more difficult to keep all of it. But it could push his value up as well, which is only a good thing for us going forward. I remember where their manager went to, though. Maybe it was Millwall, but apparently he's recently left them in the last few months, and they're under an interim manager, the England under-20s. But the Elite League, I was looking at before, it's a table of eight teams. England are sat seventh. They haven't won a game yet. They've lost all three. They've scored one and conceded seven. So if Charlie Hughes is putting in some good performances, like if he goes to Germany and he plays well, obviously he sounded like he did all right against Italy, even though they lost 3-0. You know, I, I do think he can sort of start cementing his place in that. And if Marshall Godo can have an impact like he did against Italy off the bench and maybe get a start against Germany and play well, even he could start cementing a, a spot in there if he can grab a couple of goals or something. Consider, I mean, we, I said bang on about this all the time, but considering where we come from in, in the springtime to where we are now, eight players on international duty, all these young lads, you know, representing the country, with three three players away with England. Three players away with it at different levels. The kudos on this club, Sean Maloney as the manager, introducing them into the first team, but Gregory Yock as well, the guy who's spotted all these players, brought them in. It's just absolute incredible what we've done, not just this past three months, but also over the past probably 10 years since Greg has been here, isn't it? You know, how, how that academy's grown. I've, I've said it more than one occasion. He saved the club more, on more than one occasion and continuing to deliver, isn't it? Indeed, yeah. And Alfie Devine was also in that team uh, who came through our, our academy with Charlie usually then I played in midfield. It's just fabulous and it, it just makes you so proud, doesn't it, of, of the way we're going. So, I mean, while we're talking about the way this season's going now, I think uh, if we have a look at where we are at the moment, second stock, we're 17 games into this League One season with eight wins, two draws, seven defeats. And currently in 18th spot. Without the eight points deduction, we'd be ninth and one point off the playoffs. Fabulous, that, isn't it, when you're looking at it like that? Uh, but also, when you think about, I mean, the last minute winner for Blackpool away at Blackpool, you know, you had that on. And and you think about when we played away at Carlisle and we should have been 4 0 up at half time, you know. I mean, you, the, you're looking there at, at another three points, you could have added on to that. I mean, where we could be with this team is unbelievable. I mean, you're looking at probably uh, us being ninth with those two results with eight points taken off. If anybody says this team isn't performing what they should be performing this season, I think they need to go and, and reevaluate what they're looking for in a football match because it, it's absolutely fantastic. And the support from Sean Maloney to the young lads and from Gregor down as well to Sean and, and getting these players together. It's just been outstanding. And the way, the way they're working together, both Sean Maloney and Gregory York, if we can keep these two at the club for the next four or five years, I think we, we definitely are going to go places. I think you missed in that list there of, uh, of points that we could easily have got. 
an away trip to Stevenage with a an early daft red card that changed the game and you know affected it quite heavily. So maybe we could have had a little bit more. But I mean, you've got to look back at other teams where they come together in the first text ten games of the season to pull yourself together. We went through a bad run. With you know, a couple of games were heavily impacted by the officials. Let's say. And I think we've come through that. And I think we started the season hoping that by the end of the season, we'd get excited for next season. And I think we're ahead of that curve, aren't we? I, th- I think I think we already know that there's a lot of promise and excitement in this team. You know, I think there's a, just an element of dreaming that, you know, can we finish in the top six? You know, we're not expecting top one, top two. But if we sneak into that sixth place with an eight-point deduction, we might just manage it this year. And if we don't, we're going to be dead excited for next year. There's a lot of promise so far. Great first half of the season so far. The, o- the only worry with that, Paul, is if we do finish in the top six, I think we possibly could end up winning the playoffs because you're on that momentum. And then yeah. the trouble is you're getting promoted. And and this, I mean, this sounds so negative, but I, for me, it would be too early with the way the, the club is structured off the pitch as much as on it and I think we could find ourselves in a having a, a bit of a difficult summer next summer so I'd love us to be successful in everything that we do but whether that success is putting our heads on the block for next season the one after this I'm not too sure it'd be the right way to go if I'm being honest I mean if we're if we're there you have to try and win it but if yeah yeah I, I you, you're right but I, I think you always it's always hindsight with that, isn't it? Plenty of teams have gone bounce, bounce, up, up from this division. Plenty of teams go, you know, you look at Sheffield Wednesday getting up and how oh, they're struggling this year because things just didn't go right. Yeah, I think my worry at the minute is, yeah, I'm excited for the rest of the season and I think that we're going to do amazing things, not only this season, but developmentally wise for next season. But if you look at your short term, We've got a goalkeeper who we don't know what injury he's got. We don't know if he's going to be a long-term or short-term. Is it a wrist break? Is it a leg break? Is it a little knock? We don't know. You've now got a starting centre-back. We have no idea what his fitness is, what he's not playing for his country, who he captains. And then from now until Christmas, we've got to play Leighton Orient, Fleetwood, who are turning up in form. Lincoln are just under a new manager, so they could get a bit of a new manager bounce. Paul Vale is steadily bobbing along and, then we've got Reading, which could be a bit of a, a sticky one because Cheltenham, you know, they were struggling and we we really struggled to just even get a point out of that game. I know we've got the FA Cup in there as well and a Bristol Street Motors trophy game, but my my short term is just get through to Christmas in the same run of form that we had in the last run after the last international break. So I'm excited for the whole season, but this this whole squad needs to just, you know, little goals and steadily we'll get there at the end. Yeah, I, th- I think the thing is we've got, a, a really sensible manager and a really sensible general manage, manager overlooking everything, and I, I feel we're in safe hands. Yeah, I think if you look at the, the the big, big, big picture as a as a business, we're in the best hands we've been in for a while, aren't we? As a playing team, we're going forwards. So we're going forward on the pitch, off the pitch, and that's all we can ask for. Fans forum Monday at the DW Stadium. Uh, there's still tickets available. They're on open. Uh, well, they're free, so they're not on sale, but they're free to anyone. You just have to get a ticket for for the uh, for the game. They're on general general release, and the two guys we've been talking about, Gregory Ock and Sean Maloney, will both be there. And that starts at seven o'clock in the South Stand Bar. Uh, just a little thing I forgot to mention on that uh, taking stock bit was 
Stevie Humphreys on six goals and Charlie Wack on six goals. Uh, ten players have scored for us this season in the league. Ten players. And our average starting eleven so far is 22. I mean, that just bodes so well, doesn't it? And on average, we're, at, we're fielding eight academy graduates in every match day squad. Just makes you so proud. Talking of Stevie Humphreys, I noticed on Twitter, he tweeted a photograph of him on a golfing trip with uh, a couple of buddies. So let's hope he's had a nice relaxing time and, and not at that course too hard. Hopefully his watch comes in handy and he can get him training on time. Well, The course too hard or the um, the 19th hole too hard. Well, both, <laughs> both. Uh, you mentioned there, Charlie, about the Bristol Street Motors. I mean, we've not had a look back at that, have we? Uh, we played away at Tramia. We had to... We had to come out of that unscathed, in a way, uh, to guarantee top spot in that particular tournament. We drew nil apiece. Uh, in fairness, if I think if Charlie Wack had have had his shooting boots on, he'd be on nine goals because he could have scored an hat-trick uh, that, that evening. Uh, but unfortunately, he finished nil apiece. Ben Amos did exceptionally well in the penalties. He saved a couple really good saves. But Callum McManaman was named our man of the match by our listeners on Twitter and Facebook. So congratulations to Callum for that one. Chatting with Charlie pre-recording about this, found out that we're guaranteed a home tie in the next round. I know there's still a few games left to be played. I think they're being played Tuesday the 21st, I think, is the the final round of fixtures. So there is going to be the draw made after that to find out who we face. And I actually think it's the week commencing December the 4th, I'm pretty sure it is. And then we go away to York and then we go straight away in the, or we go back home, sorry, in the in the Bristol Street Motors. But we because we won our group, we had to win the penalty shootout. We really had to win the game, but obviously we didn't we didn't manage that. But the shootout win because we beat Fleetwood, we we actually topped the group. We now play the runner up of another northern group because it stays regionalized all the way through till the final. And in Group A, second place, so the runner up was Liverpool under twenty one, so they're a possible opponent. Then it could be Port Vale, who we've mentioned. Could be Accrington, Stanley or Nottingham Forest under 21s, but Forest will need the full three points and also to win the game by three goals to go top of that group. So it could be either of them. Group E, it could be Stockport County where Nick Powell is playing, so that could be a good little reunion. Group F is Barnsley or Bradford City. Group G could be Lincoln City, and obviously they're under Michael Scabala now, and we played them in a, in a few weeks. Group H, this is the closest one, and it could be Doncaster Rovers, Burton Albion, or Mansfield Town. They're all tied on three points. There's only a few goal difference between them, so it all depends on the goal difference, who finishes where. But yeah, we host one of them at the DW week commencing the 4th of December. And if it's tied after 90, it goes straight to penalties as usual. And then obviously we could go through to the round of 16, which could be quite good. A little FA Cup run and an EFL trophy run. League One, talking to League One, Saturday, uh, there were just two games in League One. Blackpool 4, Shrewsbury 0. Shrewsbury really struggling struggling at the moment. And Stevenage moved up to fourth place with a 1-0 win over Lincoln City. Our opponents on Saturday late in Orient are at home on Tuesday evening. There is a, a, a big fixture list going ahead. You you mentioned the BSM trophy there, Charlie, but Orient meet Lincoln at Brisbane Road in a League One fixture. And finally, before we finish today, I'd just like to mention the Brick Appeal. We had a podcast special out over the weekend with Emma Shaw, who works at the Brick. It would be great if, if you could have a listen to the full interview. It's only 10 minutes long. And if there's any way you can support some of the stuff that they're doing, some of these initiatives in any shape or form, it would be absolutely brilliant. Uh, there's some info and links 
in our show notes on this podcast. And there's a link to that particular podcast as well. A fabulous charity, The Break. And it does a lot of excellent work in and around Wigan and Lee. If you can, please have a listen to that. Thank you very much. We'll be back on Wednesday with a preview of the Lane Orient game and a reaction to the Fans Forum. So until then, up the ticks and come on. <laughs> up the ticks. Up the ticks. <laughs>